as I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. Whatever, Kevin. You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. All right, it is another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am the executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me, as always, the Channel Partners Firework, our director of business development, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Wow. Craig, right now, I'm feeling honored. I can't even laugh and come up with a witty retort because uh, that was one of the nicest things you've said about me, you know, uh, given that we just had the fourth of... Oh, oh, I see why you did that. It's all about just the 4th of July holiday. It wasn't really about me. Uh, kind of a bummer there. Well, interpret it the way you want, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I, You know, it, it helps me to feel good. So I'm going to go with what I initially thought. But uh, speaking of the 4th, buddy, did you do anything special? Ooh, this sounds like we're getting into another one of those famous... Personal Deep Dive! <laughs> You know, on the 4th, I didn't do a ton because it was uh, really hot here in Phoenix. I realize it's really hot in a lot of places, but uh, I stayed in, watched a few fireworks. But on Saturday, we got out and had a good lunch uh, for the extended weekend, so that was fun. We went to Pro Bass, just kind of messed around in there, looked at some of the uh, boating supplies for fun. Uh, How about you, buddy? Well, Craig, I I had a great 4th and pre-4th as I got to see my entire side of the family for the first time, we got us all together at a beach house in New Jersey, including my little brother, who we only get to see once every few years because he's stationed in Turkey for the Air Force. So he was able to get some leave. And so my older brother, who I love just as much, of course, uh, we were able to all get together and hang out at the beach with our parents. So just a lot of fun to get the crew back together. And then on the 4th, I came and we made a bunch of food here at home. Kind of hung out around the house. It was hot here, too, super humid. And then watched the Capital Fourth, which is a big thing in D.C. on the local PBS station. Maybe they do it nationwide. I don't know. And watched the fireworks over D.C. on television um, so we didn't have to deal with the traffic and the heat. But all in all, just a very good time, a lot of good food. I'll tell you one thing, though, Craig. While I was away with the family and then on Sunday, I watched the U.S. Women's National Team take home the World Cup. How exciting was that, buddy? That was pretty awesome. It was good to see those ladies uh, get the job done again. For sure. And I'll tell you, it's just awesome uh, to watch those games with my daughter, who just got into soccer, did her first uh, fall and spring season uh, this past year, and watch these strong women succeed both on and off the field. Uh, It was really great. Nike did a great ad campaign right after the victory on Sunday that, uh, you know, we both watched and uh, just uh, could see your eyes light up. And it's just really cool to see that, um, you know, in today's society and, and to watch these women do well. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great to see all of the U.S. behind them. And as you said, performing well on and off the field, most certainly. And, you know, Craig, segueing beautifully as we always do, I think this might help us get us started on some of the networking opportunities we might have at Channel Partners Evolution. Evolution. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, Kevin. So it's a natural segue into the Alliance of Channel Women event at Evolution. As always, the ACW event leads right into the first-timers reception uh, that evening, which is open to all partner companies that are first-time attendees of the show. That is Monday, September 9th. What else we got, Kevin? Of course, Tuesday, and I bring this up before every event, the opening keynote starts, and every keynote at Channel Partners is a networking opportunity. We open it up 20 minutes before the awesome content we provide starts, and there is free breakfast or free lunch, and it's just a great chance to network with everyone there. Pull up a seat at a table round and drop your business card on somebody and, and just really begin the conversation and then hopefully go meet them in a meeting room or a booth after the fact. And after that, of course, we've got the expo halls open all day, but primarily the opening reception from 4 to 7 p.m. on Tuesday. Another great networking moment where you can get some more free food and free drinks. I mean, who doesn't like that, Craig? And then, of course, it all wraps up on Tuesday with the world-famous now MSP 501 Awards Dinner and Gala, um, where we honor the top MSPs in the business. And then, of course, going into the next day, we have the pub crawl from 2 to 6 in the Expo Hall. Uh, more keynotes before that where you can network there, too. So just a lot of opportunities there. And I, I hear it doesn't stop when the Expo Hall closes on Wednesday afternoon, Craig. There's more to it than that. Yeah, you've attended a few of those vendor parties uh, for sure, which now don't just happen on the last night of the show. They're pretty much sprinkled all over the place, and it's difficult to get to all of them. Uh, but there are a lot, and we always highlight those in our Parties and Prizes Gallery, which we'll post on Channel Partners Online uh, just a couple days before the show, where you can go peruse there and find the best parties to attend, as well as all the great swag you can pick up in the Expo Hall from participating vendors. That's right, Craig. And of course, if you don't want to travel off-site, you can always find some great networking and a bunch of people from the show in the host hotel, which is the Marriott Marquis, Washington, D.C. this time, uh, connected to the convention center, which is awesome. And you can just go to that lobby bar and you'll run into people there pretty much uh, anytime after hours after the show floor closes. You love that lobby bar. They can run into you pretty much any time after show closes there, that's for sure. Har, har, har. So funny, Craig. I mean, hey, I, I'm in business development. I'm all about the networking, my friend. And you can't get enough of those Diet Cokes. All right, Craig, that's enough of that talk. Uh, getting back to your opening song choice, the fireworks in D.C. on the 4th were once again spectacular, but were nothing compared to what we're going to have in D.C. in September. And it all starts before the first networking reception. Our guest on this edition needs no introduction to the IT channel community, but Craig will probably end up introducing them anyway. Yeah, that would be pretty awkward if I just started talking to her, don't you think? That's true. Uh, once again, you are correct, and I am incorrect, sir. Circle gets the square. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, Kevin, really excited to welcome into the coffee house the woman who will be leading our blowout pre-conference event at the upcoming Channel Partners Evolution a true sales and marketing, and I don't throw this word around lightly, guru, Robin Robbins. Robin, how are you? Great. How are you? <laughs> we are doing very I'm well. La today. I'm laughing. The, the guru thing caught me off guard. I was like, guru? Wow. Yeah. I, I'm not wearing a robe, you know, so I feel, you know, like I should be 
doing that or something, sandals, you know, but I'm not. You could do that when you show up at uh, Channel Partners Evolution. That would really throw people off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll dress like Jesus. Uh, that'll, that'll be like, you know, maybe they could float me down from the ceiling. That'll go over great, I'm sure. Everybody will, like, not be offended by that at all. I'll see what we can <laughs> A lightning bolt will come out of the sky and, sh- and hit me right on the butt because I deserve it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ideas that arrogant. come out of this podcast, I'll tell you. Oh, well, you know, it's just funny. There, I have a, I had a client who constantly called me the marketing messiah, and it used to like just bother me. And I'm like, stop saying that. It just sets the standard way too high. So I'm just Robin Robbins. You know, I just try to know a little bit about marketing or something. But you know. Okay, hang on a minute. Crossing messiah and guru off the list here. Okay. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Robin, why don't you start off telling us uh, and our audience who may not know that much about you, a little bit about your background and how you became such a hotshot marketing and sales consultant for the channel. You know, I've always been in sales. So I think that's a really good thing. You know, if you know anything about my background, it's the traditional hard luck. You know, I'll cry in my beer with you and tell you how hard I had it, you know. But really, I did. I was actually even homeless when I was 12 years old, so I never finished high school. And so I just had to go to work, and I had to figure it out. And I somehow landed in a sales job, a really crappy telemarketing job. But it taught me about selling, and I really wasn't afraid to to hustle. And I think that's important for people to know because I really know what it's like to build something from, from nothing. I'll just kind of, you know, quick it, you know, quick through it. But uh, I worked for CGI Systems in sales. Um, that led me to coming to Nashville, where I am, because a marketing company recruited me, the marketing company that was doing stuff for us. From there, I worked for a couple agencies, and then I went out on my own. And uh, it wasn't like I was entrepreneurial. I actually got fired from my job. <laughs> you know, it's like, yay. So I had to eat. I had to figure something out. And uh, I just I had enough connections, and I knew marketing at that point. And I knew selling. And I think the kind of the, what came together for me when I was working for various marketing agencies in sales is I was in charge of going out and getting a client, bring them, bringing them into the agency, and the agency would put some kind of marketing package together, thousands of dollars, like you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases. And I was becoming a serious student of marketing. I, I, I understood it. I was curious about it. It's like a hobby. It's one of those things, you know, everybody has their things they like. And as I began to really understand marketing, direct response marketing, and study it, I remember going to the CEO of the last agency I worked for and saying, you know, we're selling these marketing campaigns and packages to these small business owners, or some of them were larger accounts. And it's not going to work. I can tell you right now it's not going to work because ABC and I'm in sales and I know it's got to generate a lead. I, I don't want branding. I want the phone ringing with a qualified, interested prospect that's got money and means to do business with me. That's what I want. I know that's what the client wants. And what you're giving them isn't going to do that. And I was told to just shut up and go back to selling, which has probably led me into <laughs> why I got fired. But, but anyway, so it, it really didn't sit well with me. So I had this background of selling. I knew IT. I knew how to sell and I understood marketing because I worked for a couple marketing firms. So when I went out on my own, one of my clients at the time was CompTIA. And some of you are probably familiar with CompTIA. And they hired me to do a six-month program for their members. At the time, MSP, Managed Service Provider, and definitely cybersecurity wasn't, isn't what it is today. Most of them were VARs, right? They, you know, or maybe doing some kind of block hours or whatever. Managed services was just kind of taking hold. So I did this 
picked up a, a, just a ton of clients. And, um, and like I teach my customers at the time, I was looking for my niche. I needed to figure out if I'm going to start this consulting agency, whatever it looks like, I knew, number one, I really wanted it to get results for clients. You know, I'm a sales person. Uh, I understand small businesses very well. I am a small business. I know that when I spend a dollar today, I want to get two or three or four or five dollars back, preferably tomorrow, that I can count that's measurable. Um, you know, I don't want likes or hashtags or followers or friends, and that's all well and good. I want a paying customer. I want my phone ringing with somebody who's inquiring about doing business with me, and not just anybody, but somebody who can actually write a check and is the right type of customer for me. So um, when I created this, I said, I, I got to find my niche. And after the, the whole stint with uh, CompTIA, I started picking up all these clients that were VARs. And so I said, it just kind of like I liked working with them. I was getting good results. The um, IT services model selling, the consultative selling aligned very much with what I knew how to sell, how I knew how to sell. And so I just made this decision and I fired all the other clients that I had been working with for a year um, and said, you know, I'm just going to do IT. And, and that was back in 2002 and I haven't looked back since. Wow, Robin, that is an awesome story, taking everything that you learned uh, from being homeless at 12, wow, and just using it to define everything that you're doing now and becoming so successful with it. Um, I do have one thing to say. So one thing in selling and business development, Robin, as I'm sure you tell all your clients, is you got to do some research before you go out to market or go to a certain prospect. So unlike Craig, I did some research and went to your website. And I just want to say, wow, looks like you were interviewing Steve Jobs, Buzz Aldrin at one point, Mike Rowe. Uh, you had a photo with Richard Branson, and now you're with Craig and I. Uh, so, I know, it's I amazing. Mean, really, uh, it's really the, the height of my career, the height of it, without a doubt, without a doubt. <laughs> well, well, thank yeah. you. And, yeah. so, get him back. <laughs> and, and it wasn't it wasn't Steve Jobs. It was Bill Gates. So you know they're like rivals or something. But you know, yeah, I, I, I do get the opportunity to hang out with some very successful entrepreneurs because um, we bring them in for speaking engagements. And so, for example, like just I had to move this interview because last week I was invited to sh watch the filming of season eleven of Shark Tank. So I know Robert. Harshavak really well. I know Damon John. I know Kevin O'Leary really well. He's a sweetheart, by the way. He's not like, you know, what you see on TV is a lot. He's just kind of acting a lot. I mean, he is a very direct guy, but he's a, he is a total sweetheart. So, you know, and Barbara Corcoran. And, and so, you know, I, I get to know these, these highly successful entrepreneurs, and I do get to, to hang out with them, like more than just interview them on stage, um, and, and you learn a lot. But, you know, you know, the other thing I'll say, and I'm not just saying this, you know, I love my clients too. I mean, I was just reading an email from a client who's just telling me his story about what he's struggling with. We've talked about he's trying to grow his business. He's just over a million, and he's trying to get to five, and it's like hard. It's pushing a rock up uphill. I mean, it really is. I mean, growing an IT business. So, I mean, I do get to hang out with some very high-level successful entrepreneurs, and I also get to hang out with some awesome IT guys. And I'll tell you, I love, I love my clients. And that sounds really sappy, but I think it's important that whatever you do, that you really deeply, and I'm even going to use the word love, which if you knew me, it's like I'm the least cuddly person in the world. But, if, you know, but I deeply appreciate them. I think, I think IT business owners are some of the most 
underappreciated, hardworking, honest people in the business world. And so it's nice to hang out with celebrities, but I think it's also very cool to hang out with IT people. So Robin, did you even ask them if they'd move the taping of Shark Tank for us? Or did you just assume that that would be the way to go? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I kind of when Sony Pictures decides they're going to do something, you don't you just kind of say yes. You don't <laughs> you don't you don't negotiate. You just do it. Especially if you want to get invited back cuz this is my second time being invited back. So, <laughs> I want to keep that's, in their graces. That's awesome. And of course, I said I did my research and I meant to say Steve Forbes and I said Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Forbes. Yes, yes, yes. Strike one for Kevin. That's okay. So getting back to what we're going to be seeing from you at Channel Partners Evolution, um, in the pre-conference workshop, you say that partners can discover what 99% of all MSPs and IT service companies don't know about attracting and closing high-profit managed services clients. Can you Mm -hmm. give us a, a quick preview into that without, of course, giving it all away? Yeah, I mean, we're really going to dig into sort of a very practical, pragmatic way of marketing. So I'm kind of the, you know, to use a micro term, you know, I'm, a, I'm the dirty jobs of marketing, right? Because most people, and I think this is what gets small business owners in trouble. They really don't understand marketing. So they think it's branding and an, a beautiful logo and, um, you know, a dynamic website. And really, it's really none of those things. Again, I'm a salesperson. So a salesperson thinks differently about marketing because, we're not looking for a fancy logo or a clever tagline because nobody's going to buy from us because we have a beautiful logo or a clever tagline. People are going to buy from us because we provide real value and we can solve a problem for them and we're positioned properly. And marketing is not a separate entity outside of the business. And I think that's one of the things a lot of MSPs get in trouble with. First of all, they try to delegate it, like, or not even delegate, but abdicate responsibility. And that's really wrong because I think marketing starts, service marketing starts with the service. So you've got to know who your customer is. Like I mentioned, I had to find my niche. I had to specialize. This is what I teach my clients. You can't be a generalist and expect to get premium fees. So you've got to know who the customer is you want to attract. You've got to also face reality that everybody who's here listening to this, you're in a crowded marketplace. I'm in a crowded marketplace. Nobody's walking around going, geez, I wish I could find a good IT company. All they have to do is a Google search. And everybody's got somebody. So in order for uh, an MSP VAR, whatever, or even if you're a telephony company, if you're going to get business from somebody, you've got to knock out an incumbent provider because your best customers are already outsourcing to somebody else. Why are they your best customers? Because they have demonstrated a willingness to outsource IT services. So they're all with somebody else. So you've got to think about what are you going to be able to say, do, offer that's going to knock out that incumbent provider and get you in the door. And so that you have to engineer the service knowing who is my customer, how are they being underserved, and what is going to give us the strategic advantage in the marketplace. And, you know, you you can't do that with a clever tagline. You know, people are smarter than that. It's like trying to stand in a hurricane with a little umbrella in your hand, you know, to try and defend. It's like you're you're dead. So, you, you know, there's that. Then the other thing about marketing is marketing is the beginning of the sales process. And so 
again, it's not a separate entity. So marketing also is not a department. So when the phone rings in your office, how it is answered is marketing. And, and because a, a prospect's calling in, I can tell you right now, if I secret shop most of the people listening, they're abysmally handling calls. For example, you got prospects calling in, and the number one reason someone fires their IT guy is because they are unresponsive to their, their needs. That's the number one reason. I've polled it. I know it. Yet when you make a phone call to MSPs, what happens? You go to voicemail and nobody calls you back, right? So it's like from the very beginning, you're failing your brand or your promise because you're saying I'm a proactive, responsive, high customer service MSP, and you can't even answer your phone's live, right? So marketing is not just, again, I'm a very practical, got to get down in the trenches and make it real, not just put a fancy sticker or label or, or like wood veneer you get underneath and it's just glued together particle board and, and there's like, it looks like wood on the top. It's got to be the real deal. Further, marketing should position you not like as just another salesperson. So again, a lot of the marketing they're doing still is requiring a salesperson to go cold call, knock on doors, kiss babies, shake hands, try and make friends with people. And they just look like needy salespeople. And, and everything I teach my clients is about positioning yourself as a trusted authority in your area of expertise so that clients are attracted to you. And so you look like, or appear, and you should, it should be a real, you know, but you appear as a credible, authoritative expert, not just some sales guy hawking computer services. So these are all things that, you know, when I talk to most MSPs, it's like never occurred to them. Things like, where's your list? I, I've seen people come, in our, come to, to us for help. They've been in business for 20 years. And I say, give me a list of your customers, or not, not give me, but like, let's look at your customers, let's, let's segment it, let's break it down, let's start doing marketing to your customers, where's your list of unconverted leads and prospects? And it's like, they don't have one. And so they're like a brand new startup. They don't have a list. They don't have a CRM that's organized. It's just random acts and chaos. And this is why they struggle, because it's just their marketing is random acts and hope, it's the sales is good luck and hang in there. And this is why most of the channel really never get beyond, a lot of them never get beyond a million, but 5 million is where a lot of them break down. And really what they are, are they're techs with helpers. They're not really entrepreneur business owners. They're not really making a lot of money and they're frustrated. So I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm giving you some of the things that I think a lot of people get wrong with marketing. And so the first thing I'm going to do is, correct a lot of the strategy. Like here's what works and here's how you want to approach this. Here's how you avoid wasting money, how you avoid wasting time, and then get into some really practical marketing systems. We call them marketing oil wells of how do you set these up so that you can reliably and predictably bring in new customers and generate sales at a premium price point and know with certainty what your sales are going to be, not guess, not hope, not wish. That's some great observations and advice, uh, Robin. I can already tell that the pre-conference is going to be uh, quite the dynamic event uh, for a few hours there. So we're, love we're looking forward yeah. to it. Um, hey, I wanted yeah. to give you a chance to talk about your uh, technology marketing toolkit, mm -hmm. something that uh, many in our audience are probably familiar with. But one of the things that I really liked reading uh, was about how partners can command premium fees and raise prices without pushback for clients. Now, Kevin here is our director of business development for Channel Partners, and he pretty much has to give everything away for free. So 
Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> he needs some help. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be at that pre-con. He and yeah, our audience really. could use help there. So Put you on the hot seat. Yes. <laughs> okay. So maybe a couple of pointers. What did you mean by that? How does somebody go about doing that? Okay. So I think, well, first of all, charging a premium fee requires you to first decide that you are going to charge a premium fee. Okay. So a lot of people, a lot of MSPs, IT service companies are grossly underselling. It's number one, it's their own head trash and salespeople are guilty of it too. You know, they come back and they, they, because prospects, the easiest way for a prospect to tell you no is the price is too high. And the reality is, if nobody is giving you pushback on price, your prices are way too cheap, number one. Another th comment I'll make is a customer that's won on price is going to be lost on price, and we all know there's somebody out there who's going to charge less. There's no loyalty in a price buyer, so you don't even want to play that game because if you start discounting and play the price game, you're attracting the wrong type of customer to begin with, unless, unless that is your strategy, your Walmart or something like that, right? And then that's a different business model. I'm I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's a different business model. But I think the number one is you've got to get your own head right about fees and prices because, I mean, we, we've lost count how many, I say over 8,000, and we've just kind of left it there. But, I mean, literally, we've had thousands of MSPs, VARs, IT service firms come to me, and they all struggle with fee resistance and price resistance and how do we charge premium fees. And I've te I'm telling you, I had not too long ago, long ago I had a guy come to me, he was selling managed services for $30 a seat, all in, he was saying. And he was like, oh, you know, I, I just can't get anyone to buy it because I'm getting price, I'm getting pushback on price. And, you know, and this was like on our forum, like in our member portal, and everybody on that portal like jumped. I didn't have to say anything. They're jumping on They're like, are you nuts? Like you should be charging at least 110 150 a seat, you know, and you're getting price pushback on 30 bucks a seat. And, and all it demonstrates is that, a lot of fee resistance comes from, one, your own head trash. I think a lot of salespeople invite the, the pricing discounts, right, because they don't really know how to sell on, on value. They jump to price, and so they carry that baggage around with them, right? Again, like I said, number two, you've got to target the right people. You've got to target people who are willing to spend money on quality services. Three, your services have to be worth the money, you know? Um, I mean, you, you made a comment, like, how did you become a hotshot marketing person in, in, in this industry? You know, any business owner that gets ahead, it's based on providing value. It's, it's based on competence because, like, there's no way I could grow the audience and have the largest peer group in the industry if I was just had a fancy sales letter that was an empty promise, right? I mean, people will figure you out really quick. So the other part of this is you've got to strengthen your own mental game. You've got to be able to not sell on price, but, you know, unfurl what, is real, what are they really looking for and do a better sales presentation. And third, you really actually have to bring something of value. And that requires specialization. That requires you being able to say, here's why we're worth more. Because if you can't answer that question, we call it a unique selling proposition, right? So, and that's one of the things I'm going to talk about at the conference, like your USP, unique selling proposition. And the answer, it, it answers the question, why should I buy from you over the guy I've got right now who's doing perfect? perfectly okay, or the dozens of other IT firms out there, some who are cheaper. And most people have never, they, they have no answer to that question. And if you can't answer that question powerfully, articulate, succinctly, 
it's no wonder you're getting shopped on price because if you look the same as everybody else, then of course I'm going to say no, I'm going to go with the cheaper provider. So it's, it's not a simple answer, but it is like, it, I think it really does come down to those three things. And one is, again, getting your mindset right. Two is really improving your sales process so that you – uh, part and marketing, which is part of attracting the right type of buyer and then doing the right type of presentation. And then finally, you know, actually making sure your services are worth more and worth paying for. Outstanding answer there, Robin. Uh, no loyalty in a price buyer. Always love that quote. And I uh, hope our entire audience, the IT providers and the telephony agents out there uh, are listening to that because that is essential to being successful in today's market. Speaking of adding value, uh, that's what we're trying to do at Channel Partners Evolution, and we are doing by having you on stage for four hours at that pre-conference to help partners with their marketing efforts. If you had a minute or two, um, I was going to ask you if you had one piece of advice, but I feel like you've already given about 10 to, or more excellent pieces of advice for the audience. So I, I would just say if you could put it relatively simply for the audience, because they've already got a bunch of reasons, why should someone attend your event at Channel Partners Evolution? Let's put it this way. If you are a business owner, you're a salesperson, you're a marketing person, right? And you're not happy with the results that you're getting from your marketing dollars spent, your efforts, uh, the time you're putting in, then what I'm going to give you in those four hours is, you know, it's not guesswork. I mean, this is years and years of in-the-trenches research and testing of what works you know so when you when you leave there you're going to know here's what i got to do and go back and implement in order to get results and you can trust that because the one thing that i decided i want like i talked about this a minute ago the one thing i decided when i started my company was i wanted to be a marketing company that focused on results on getting results not on branding not on image advertising but tangible can count it results. And so if you're lacking in marketing, if you're lacking in sales, then why wouldn't you come to this event? I mean, it's just out of curiosity. And I, I'm always surprised, like if, if, you're a, if, you are, if you have an ounce of ambition in your bones, if just an ounce, you would come just out of curiosity, if nothing else. And I think it really isn't for everybody, because if you're kind of happy with the way things are, and you don't feel like you can don't want to do anything better, you don't want more work, you don't want to change anything, then of course it's not for you. But um, I've always been puzzled by people who don't constantly reinvest in learning and improvement. It's like, you know, I don't know what the stats are, but there's, I remember reading it, so I'm, I can't quote it exactly, but it's like only about, I think it's like 5% of the population continues to read books after they get out of school. I can tell you from, I'm in, I'm in the training business. I mean, that's largely uh, what we do. It's amazing to me how many people will not invest in their own education or their own skills. And you're running a business, and it's dependent on you having the knowledge and having the skills to be able to be efficient, to be smart, to grow, to make money. And why anybody would not invest in that is just, it's just beyond me. And, and besides even my session, I mean, you guys have great speakers lined up. You've got all the vendors there, which all, there's so much new coming out in this industry. There's so many more tools and resources and opportunities. So it stuns me why somebody who could be running an IT service business or telephony or whatever and not go to this conference because 
there's so much that can be gained, and I would encourage you not just to have you come. You, the CEO, should definitely be in this session, but bring your sales and marketing team with you because it's, a, it's an excellent half-day investment in saying, what can we do better? You know, we're halfway through the year right now as we're, you know, we're talking. And, like, are you hitting the goals that you set for yourself? Are you happy with your growth? Robert Hershevek, when I had him at our event, who's in the cybersecurity industry, he said the industry is growing 20% year upon year. So he said if you're growing 10%, you're actually not growing 10%, you're falling behind 10% because the industry just is naturally growing. So you're just kind of tagging along with the growth. So if you're not growing 20% year upon year, you're actually missing out on huge opportunities. And I can tell you there's a lot of big players, there's a lot of money coming into the space all Always. And, uh, you know, if you're a small business owner, you've got to make sure that your business is stable and that you're still going to be relevant in five to ten years. And a lot that is marketing. I mean, marketing is what are we selling, what customers are we acquiring, how are we getting them profitably, and then how do we monetize those customers? Because that's another aspect of marketing most people don't think about, which is they get the customer and then they think the marketing stops. That's the, the, the biggest mistake of all. You know, you've got this asset, this customer, and you want to have marketing strategies to multiply that customer from getting referrals to uh, upsell, cross-sell, going deeper, you know, selling them telephony systems, selling them managed services, or, or vice versa, all those things. And that's all what we're going to cover in this event. So if you miss this, you're really missing out on a, on a lot of – I'm going to get – there's going to be some real meat on the bones, and you're going to miss it if you're not there. Absolutely awesome stuff, Robin. Easily one of the best uh, interviews we've ever done here on this podcast. Kevin, correct me if I am wrong, but to register for the pre-con, all they have to do is go register for Channel Partners Evolution and get an all-access pass. Is that right? You are 100% correct, Craig. Oh, excellent. I was paying attention in those meetings. How about that? Uh, <laughs> That's rare. If you want to learn more about Robin, just go to RobinRobbins.com or the Technology Marketing Toolkit How'd you come up with this, Robin? Technologymarketingtoolkit.com. How about that? Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, it's like it's a long URL. At the time when I started the business back in 2002, I was going for keywords. That's what, you know, technology marketing was what I wanted. And every iteration of that was taken. So I had to add on toolkit. And it kind of ties in with what I do because the, the toolkit really is, it's a, like a franchise marketing system because like going back to my CompTIA days after my play card got full and I've got 20 clients that I'm doing this with, you start to see patterns of what works and what doesn't work. And, I, and so I've got reasons why I created the toolkit. You know, it, it allows someone to go through at their own pace. It's a very inexpensive way for somebody to get a very high-level marketing consulting services and copywriting and templates and tools. You know, if you went to a regular agency, you'd pay fifty, sixty thousand, and people think I'm joking. I'm like, I'm not joking. You would easily pay fifty, sixty thousand dollars or more. And in most agencies, they're guessing. You know, they're creating something in a vacuum where this is stuff that's been. You know, we run the highest-level mastermind group in our industry peer group. We've got over five. 500 CEOs of MSPs and VARs that meet on a regular basis. And we learn from them because they implement the campaigns. They report back what works, what doesn't. We're always innovating. We're always coming up with new ideas. And you actually get to benefit from that. So 
I mean, that's why, that's why Technology Marketing Toolkit, and I would say for those of you, RobinRobbins.com is, I kind of use that when I'm speaking somewhere to non-IT folks. It's kind of a throwaway site a little bit, um, but TechnologyMarketingToolkit.com is probably the best site for them to visit if they want to learn more about the toolkit, me, the services, my background, my clients, and the people we work with. Well, I think you absolutely nailed it. And thank you so much for spending the time with us today. We learned a lot and we look forward to seeing you here at Channel Partners Evolution. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. Craig, that was some phenomenal stuff from Robin Robbins. Of course, we didn't expect anything less given her reputation, but what a great interview. Uh, so much so that we extended it a bit just to keep talking with all the great sales and marketing tips that she has. And she's just offering a sneak preview into what she'll provide uh, on the pre-conference day on Monday at Channel Partners Evolution, September 9th, I do believe. Certainly, certainly. She is such a dynamic speaker. It was great to have her on the podcast, and I, for one, am really looking forward to what she can uh, give out to partners in the four-hour session. I mean, that is awesome to get that much time from a premier sales and marketing expert in the channel. For sure, and not just for the partners. I'm going to be there, Craig. I need to pick up some tips and tricks. You certainly do. Is she That's training on podcasts as well? <laughs> I, I need help there too. Man, you are just, you are bringing it today, buddy. I, I have no comebacks. Uh, you know, I came prepared. <laughs> I'm, I'm an easy target. <laughs> but hey, Craig, you know, I hear in addition to having Robin Robbins at the show, I hear we're going to have at least 51 more superstars that know their way around the channel to talk about. Well, it's 53 if you count you and me. <laughs> Well, maybe 52 and a half. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Kevin, it's our brand new Top Gun 51 awards program. Uh, we got several industry analysts as well as master agents and distributors to nominate some worthy channel executives for this new prestigious honor. We'll also have a number of special winners, including a Vanguard winner for thought leadership and innovation, definitely not you and me, a Lifetime Achievement Honoree, and a Newcomer of the Year. Now, these will all participate in a panel on the keynote stage at Channel Partners Evolution, so that should be a very popular draw at the show. It's like the circle of excellence expanded. Craig, uh, which I think is awesome because there are just so many people doing great things in the channel. Uh, unfortunately, we probably aren't on that list. I mean, that's to be expected. Uh, but we'll have to come up with a new name for us, a new division. We have the Rectangle of Mediocrity. Now we have to come up with something for this, maybe on the next episode. Yeah, I don't think the Rectangle of Mediocrity is expanding beyond us. That's true. It's like the movie Coming to America in the beginning where they're sitting so far away from each other at this huge table that they need speakers to talk back and forth with each other. Yeah. Um, that's how it is for us. It's a giant rectangle, and it's just us there, though. <laughs> now, we're going to release the deets. On the winners next week, uh, we are targeting July 15th, so keep a close eye on Channel Partners Online for that. We're also inviting the winners to a dinner at Evolution the evening of September 11th, so if you are an honoree, you will get notified soon, and we will need a dinner RSVP by August 15th. going to be a great opportunity to schmooze with members of our team and get some good grub, although I guess we in reality know that it's a good opportunity for us to schmooze with you that's correct craig i mean obviously they're going to be more in it for the award and the grub than talking to you and i but uh you know i can live with that if i get a free meal out of it too am, <laughs> am i going am i invited uh i'll have to check the list uh moving on <laughs> <Sounds good. laughs> 
So, Kevin, if you'll indulge me, uh, there's another partnership I wanted to talk about here on the podcast. Can, can I do that? As long as it's not another partnership with Digi, <laughs> go right ahead. Oh, well, I'm glad you brought him up, but uh, no, it isn't. Okay. We are excited about this new partnership. It's with Avic. Now, Avic is a Canada-based remote monitoring and management provider for networks, endpoints, and servers. Now, in fact... 27% of the companies from our recently announced MSP501 list use Avix product. Now, the company has recently strengthened its focus on MSP education, forming what they call the Frankly MSP program. Now, we're going to provide a link to that on the landing page of this podcast for our listeners to check out. Part of our partnership with Avic includes our participation in the MSP Summer Treat Wave. Frankly, Craig, I need to tell you, before we continue, this sounds amazing. I'm already loving this partnership. I mean, treats? I mean, what, what kind of treats? Are they like bacon bits? Are they Reese's Pieces? Well, what are we talking about here? Yeah, if you go to their uh, their page, uh, the promotion page, it, it shows a polar bear holding a six-scoop ice cream cone, which you and I could certainly appreciate. Now, I, I don't think that's actually one of the prizes, but it, it it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I can get my way around a six-scoop uh, ice cream cone with cookie dough ice cream, if Ooh, you will. I love it. Now, this promotion runs July 15th through the 26th. You can win cool prizes each day, including a grand prize package worth... Fourteen hundred dollars again. Nice. We'll, yes, yes, fourteen hundred. Now again, we'll include a link on the landing page of this podcast to learn more and sign up for the promotion. So cool treats for the summer, buddy. Sounds like a plan to me. You definitely got to stay cool for the summer. I believe uh, Demi Lovato once said that. <laughs> yes, and she probably wasn't the first. <laughs> for sure. Well, well, really excited about that partnership with Avic and the uh, MSP Summer Treat Wave. Can't wait to see all that come to fruition, Craig. So, Craig, before we go, I do think, because we missed it with Robin, because the interview was just going so well with her and just really wanted to give the partners all the information she had to offer, we can't miss our new segment. So it looks like you're going to have to take the hit on this one, and we're going to do a random personal question. Ooh. Do you think you can handle that? Oh, man, I'm used to being on the other end of the uh, interview, so to speak. But uh, what the heck, I'll give it a shot. That sounds good. I mean, you get to spin your own wheel, so uh, I, I really hope you don't cheat on that. Yeah, you never know uh, what I'll make up at the last second. No, I'll, I'll be honest about it. I, I definitely will. What, do you have a, uh, a theme song this week to lead us into it? I believe we do. Why don't we hit him with the intro, Craig? Random personal question, Craig and Karen. The answers never seem so good. So good, so good, so good. <laughs> oh, you did it again. The thing is, I actually knew that that was Neil Diamond. You know, I didn't have to, uh, you know, a lot of the times I have to ask you what it was after the fact. So I guess you did it about as well as you could. All right, so here we go. We're going to spin the wheel. No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. Hey! Oh, okay. So, this question is, what movie have you seen most often? That's a good question. Since I came up with a lot of these questions, I already had pretty good answers prepared for what I thought. So, it's not quite Cheating. as random for me. Cheating. But, uh, 
Oh, yes. Well, a little bit of cheating there, but I didn't honestly think I would be participating in this process. So I'd say there's two movies I've probably seen most often. No, make it, well, actually, I'm going to say four. Four movies. So not to bore you, I'm going to whip through them here pretty quickly. Comedy classic, National Lampoon's Vacation. I used to watch that (laughs) all the time when it would come on TV. Um, Great movie. You know, we've talked about that one before on the show. Uh, another, uh, the action classic, of course, Die Hard. Uh, another one we've talked about. We've mocked. Yes. In, uh, yeah, we've mocked in our, our movie-themed uh, pieces before as well. Come to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Courtroom drama, Few Good Men. I love Few Good Men. I haven't seen it in a while, but I, I've seen it a ton of times. Another one of those that comes on cable and nothing else is on. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll keep it on here. Outstanding film. And uh, going back in the day, uh, the reason it would be up here is because as a kid, I watched The Wizard of Oz when I was little, you know, time and time again, going back in the day. So, uh, again, another movie I haven't seen in a very long time, but I probably saw it so much as a kid that it, it equals out uh, with the rest of those films. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> there you go. Four, Great films. Four classics. Yeah, well done, Craig. I I will say, I've seen The Wizard of Oz a lot, too. I I watched it a lot as a kid, but then also in college, I didn't know if you knew that if you cue it up, I believe it's with the third lion roar, and you start Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the same time, you'd be surprised at how much it seems like Pink Floyd intentionally wrote the album that way to match up with what's happening in The Wizard of Oz. It's pretty crazy. I have heard that. Now, I, I haven't actually tried to do that, but I have heard something like that before. So maybe uh, maybe I'll check that out sometime. I probably won't, but, you know, I'll say it anyway. <laughs> I appreciate the patronization, Greg. I really do. Anytime. Um, you know, anytime. You know what our audience would probably appreciate? What would that be? If we wrap this podcast up, buddy. Yes, and we should tell our audience that we appreciate their patronization. Uh, I guess <laughs> it could be uh, two definitions of that word. But uh, if you'd like to patronize us anymore, you can check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin by going to SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, typing in Channel Partners Online. Of course, you can find all of our podcasts on the flagship ChannelPartnersOnline.com. We've got 60 of these now, buddy. Can you believe it? 60 podcasts, Craig. Wow. And we have not improved one iota since episode one. It's It's amazing we still have listeners. Well, at least we haven't killed each other yet. I guess that's one way of looking at it, psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, everybody. We look forward to seeing you next time. I'd love to stick around, channel, but I gotta make like a bakery truck and haul buns. Catch you next time. We're cold for the summer.